Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Well, good morning again. Well, I have been working through a a series of messages on faith, and I'm taking a a one-week hiatus from that, and today only I, I want to speak to the issue of spiritual gifts. Since we are having this emphasis today on spiritual gifts, I I wanted to bring a special message dealing with that. But next week, I will resume dealing with the the subject of faith. And in fact, I'm going to be speaking on um, how faith speaks to and, and has an impact on our emotional health. Um, I don't know about you, but from an emotional health standpoint, I, I, I can be a real train wreck. And as a result, um, you know, again, having a faith that actually works, that is something that you use day in and day out. It's not something that you just talk about. That's the kind of faith that we need to have. And so um, next week, I'll be dealing with faith again as it speaks to and, and impacts our emotional health. But for today, we're, we're looking at the, the subject of spiritual gifts. Now, the, uh, we're going to be primarily in the book of 1 Corinthians. And the, the Corinthian church was a real mess. Um, it had a lot of problems, a lot of difficulties. There was confusion throughout the church on a lot of different subjects. There was confusion about marriage. There was confusion about what to do with food that had been sacrificed to idols. There was confusion about what does proper worship look like. There was um, confusion about how to take the Lord's Supper and confusion about the resurrection. Uh, they, They had a mess in that church. And there was a lot of fighting going on in that church. By that reason alone, I know that the first Corinthian church was a Southern Baptist church. Um, (laughs) Now, for our our purposes today, um, the I want to address the issues that they were having with spiritual gifts, because in the Corinthian church, they were fighting over spiritual gifts. There were some individuals within the church that thought because of the spiritual gift that they happened to have, they were more important than other people in the church because they didn't have that particular spiritual gift. And so when Paul wrote his first letter to the church at Corinth, he was specifically addressing these issues. And the topic of spiritual gifts, like I said, had become a battleground there. They were they were about to split up over this stuff. And so I want to begin by reading first Corinthians chapter 12 verses one through 12. 
Beginning with verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who's who ac activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To one is given through um, to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by one spirit to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discernment of spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually, just as the spirit chooses for just as the body is one and has many members and all of its members of the body, though many are one body. So it is with Christ. Well, the very first thing that Paul says and the first thing that we need to understand is that spiritual gifts are something that we need to know about, that we need to be, be informed. Paul says about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed or some translations use the word ignorant. This is a topic that is very important, and we should not be uninformed about it. It is of critical importance. So what exactly are spiritual gifts? They are divine abilities given by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to the design for the common good of the body of Christ. Now, there is a difference between natural abilities and spiritual gifts. God gave you natural abilities when you were formed in the womb, but you didn't get a spiritual gift until you become a born again child of God. Now, natural gifts are something that sometimes we confuse. You might have a beautiful voice and sing like an angel, but that doesn't mean automatically that that is your spiritual gift. At your conversion, the Holy Spirit gave you a spiritual gift that is to be used for the common good of the body of Christ. For instance, at Pentecost, in the second chapter of Acts, there were people from all over the known world in Jerusalem, and the apostles stood up and spoke, and they were preaching the message of Jesus Christ. Now, all of these people from all over the known world were there, and yet they were hearing the message in their own language, in their own tongue. That was the gift of tongues being evidenced in, in this situation. 
Spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit, but just like natural gifts, you have to sharpen them. They can be developed. They can be strengthened through the study of the Word of God, through prayer, and by putting them into practice. Now, Paul, for example, talks about how the apostles were equipped with special gifts. In 2 Corinthians 12, 12, he says, The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, signs and wonders and mighty works. So the apostles were given specific skills or abilities that other people didn't have. They were able to uh, perform miracles of healing and casting out demons and doing all of these different things. They were gifted by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it says that while many gifts are permanent, there are some gifts that are going to cease to function. He says, love never ends for as, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So some spiritual gifts are going to be carried on, but others aren't. Now, there are three areas of special gifts or spiritual gifts. Excuse me. There are speaking gifts, things like words of wisdom, prophecy, evangelism, pastoring, and teaching. Uh, there are service gifts, things like administration, exhortation, faith, giving, helps, serving, mercy. And then there are what are called sign gifts, which are the ability to distinguish spirits, uh, perform miracles and healings, to speak in tongues, or the ability to interpret tongues. Now, if you were to add up all of the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament, there are about 20 different ones. But let me say there, that is not an exhaustive list. There are quite a few different spiritual gifts. If you want to read more about them, you can read about them in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. But again, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just where you can kind of find a, a focus on them. Now, God wants us to develop our spiritual gifts. <clears throat> For instance, while we are all to be givers, some people have the spiritual gift of giving. Likewise, you know, all of us are to share our faith. All of us are expected to tell other people about Jesus Christ and what he has done in our life. But some people have the gift of evangelism. They just flat out can't control themselves. They have to talk about Christ. Now, in verses 2 and 3, Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit want is to guide us and that we should not be motivated by worldly desires or, or by our, our, our flesh, our, our carnal instincts. He says, you know that when you were pagans, you were enticed or, or led astray to idols that could not speak. I want you to understand 
that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever curses Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit prompts them to do that. What Paul is saying here is that he's reminding us that but when we were not Christians, we were motivated by, by our flesh. We were trying to improve ourselves because that's what non-Christians do. They, they live for themselves. But when we become followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit is, is to lead us and that we use our gift and our, 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 our spiritual gift in order to advance the kingdom, that that's, that's our agenda. That's what we are to be about. Now, we all function together, but there are no superstars. That is so important for us to understand. All of our spiritual gifts are to be used for the betterment of the body of Christ. Therefore, one gift is not more important than the other. There, there isn't anybody who is a standout except Jesus Christ. We, we honor him, we celebrate him, we point to him. We just sang in, in this one song about the fact that, you know, I boast in nothing except Jesus Christ. And spiritual gifts are never going to be used. They are not intended to be used to promote self. They're to be used to promote Jesus Christ and the well-being of the body of Christ. Now, with that understood, verse 4 through 6 tells us that our, our gifts are different. And that's, that's by design. You know, there are a variety of gifts. And, and note that's the key word, variety. We all have different kinds of gifts. There are different ways to serve the body of Christ and, and different workings of the body of Christ, but we honor Christ. That's the goal. You know, recognize that if your gift isn't what someone else has, fantastic. It's okay that they don't have the same gift as you. That's, that's the good thing. That's what makes the fabric of the church strong is that we are all intermingled and therefore we're not one dimensional. We have opportunities to use our spiritual gifts in practical ways. And you'll notice it says varieties of service and varieties of activities. The idea is that we're using our gifts in all kinds of different ways. Now, whether we see the end result every time or not, that's, that's God's thing. We're doing this for the glory of God, not for the glory of self. God gives us energy. He motivates us when we use our gifts. You know, that, that's what stimulates us into service is that as we exercise the gift that God has given us, that, that, that it fires us up, it motivates us, it moves us forward. 
Philippians 2.13 reminds us, for it is for God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purposes. Because God is at work in us, we accomplish his purpose. Now, the Corinthians had elevated the more spectacular gifts, and they were giving a lot of attention to these spectacular gifts. And what Paul is doing is he's challenging them, and therefore he's also challenging us in our understanding. Because we, we minister differently, God uses us differently, and that's by design. That's what we're supposed to do. It is the same God at work in all of us. And so as a result, he customizes to who we are so that we are most effective, you know, isn't it wonderful that God doesn't make us be square pegs and round holes? He adjusts the gifting for each of us because he understands who we are and how we best serve. This church has been given every spiritual gift that it needs for the purpose of doing the work of the ministry Think about that. There is nothing lacking in this church. And I take that from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. It says, you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly await the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's true for every church, for every body of Christ. Everything we need to carry out the work of the ministry of the kingdom is represented. It, God has equipped us. Paul was writing to the entire church at Corinth. Okay, again, the church at Corinth was an absolute mess. They were a train wreck. They couldn't do stuff right to save them. And yet they had all the gifting that was necessary. God equips every church to carry out the work that, th that they are to have. Again, if you are a born again follower of Jesus Christ, and if Park Baptist Church is where you belong, it is where God has called you to worship, God wants you to be active in the ministry of this church. That is important to understand. We are all ministers. It, 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are all God's chosen and special people. You are a group of royal priests, a holy nation. God has, has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now you must tell all the wonderful things that he has done. The priesthood is for every believer, not just clergy. I think of it this way. If you have a sports team, they are the ones that go out onto the field to play. The coach or the coaching staff prepares them to go out and play. When, with that model in mind, 
The clergy is the coaching staff. The clergy's job is to equip the body of Christ to go out and minister and do the work of the church in, in the world. You are the team. I'm the coach, like it or not. You know, <laughs> thankfully, we're not going on my old coaching record when I was a coach. Now, this is important to understand. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. I'll tell you a neat story about 35, 40 years ago when Saddleback Church out in, in Southern California had grown to about 500 people. And Rick Warren, who is the founding, is the founding pastor, um, he, he came to his church and he said, listen, people, I am worn out. You know, the church is at about 500 members. I am doing everything humanly possible to, to do what I need to do, but I can't do any more. As I read the Bible, I'm, quoting, I'm, I'm citing Rick Warren. As I read the Bible, it doesn't say that I'm the one that's supposed to be doing it. The Bible says that it's you that are supposed to be doing the work of the ministry. So I will make a deal with you. If you will do what you are equipped to do with your spiritual gifting, I, as the pastor, will do everything to make sure that you are well-trained and equipped and well-fed, spiritually speaking. Now, Warren says that they shook hands on it, that he lined up and he and the church came to this mutual agreement. And from that day forward, the church, his, the Saddleback Church exploded in, in numbers. Today, this Sunday, right now today, they will have over 23,000 people attend their worship shirts, worship services from 500 to 23,000. Why? Because the church took on the responsibility of carrying out the work of the gospel by using their spiritual gifts. Now that's the way it's supposed to be in every church. Not just some mega church, it's the church. That, that's how we are to function. Each and every one of us, if you are a born again child of God, has a spiritual gift. Now, verse 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for common good. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I think this is one of the most important pieces of this message for you to hear. Notice that it says manifestation of the spirit. Every born again believer has the presence of God dwelling 
in them. That is what the, the spiritual gift is. When you are using your spiritual gift, you are demonstrating the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. You are proving that the Holy Spirit is there. I, I used this illustration earlier today. Think back. This is easier for us young men, for the young men. But when you were dating, a young man goes and he picks up the girl and they, they go out on a date and she's got on a really nice smelling perfume. Um, Cindy used to wear Oscar de la Renta. And they have a really nice perfume on and you go on your date and the date goes through wonderful all evening. You take the girl home and, you know, give her a little goodnight kiss on the doorstep. And then you go and you get back in the car. And when you get in the car, you can still smell the perfume in the car. The, the manifestation, the presence is still there. And sometimes even the next day when you take your shirt and pick it up off the floor because you're going to wear it again, it still has the perfume smell on it. That's that's a bonus. OK, now, now I told you it's a guy thing. <laughs> when you exercise your spiritual gift, what you are doing is you are evidencing the presence of of God in your life. The perfume of God is being bestowed through your spiritual gift, because what you are actually doing is, is showing God's qualities, God's attributes in your life. Every spiritual gift is an attribute of God. Every spiritual gift is an attribute of God. And so by using these spiritual gifts, you are demonstrating God is present in your life and you're using it for the betterment, the strengthening of the body of Christ. They're used to serve serve each other, serve, serve, you know, the, the, the body. Now we need you to use your spiritual gift. You know, um, first Corinthians 12, 14 says, indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many, we need each other. And, and if you are not using your, your spiritual gift, your you're hurting, you're hindering the, the, the rest of us by not using your gift. You know, the church at Corinth had elevated some gifts and, and relegated others to being second class. But first Peter four ten tells us each one of us should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So please allow the, the Holy Spirit to bring your gift out and use it in, in the, the betterment of, of the body of Christ.
Now, it's interesting if you look, um, we all have heard of the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. But if you stop and look at it in context, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. If you back up to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. Notice he says, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil. You know, and he goes on and on. What he's telling us is that our spiritual gift, again, is an attribute of God. But because God is love, everything we do must be motivated from a position of love. Because if we don't, we're, you know, if we speak with the tongues of angels or of men, but we don't have love, we're noisy gongs, we're banging cymbals. You know, that's what Paul's trying to tell us. If we use our spiritual gift, whatever gift we have, but we're doing it without love, then we're just making racket. We're, we're not showing love. I, I, I'll use an example with myself. Um, when we attended church, when we lived in Cameron, um, there was a Sunday where as much like today, there was going to be a, a luncheon after church. And I was somehow the only one setting up chairs for the lunch. And I have the gift of service. That, that is kind of my, I think, my, my primary spiritual gift. Um, and as I was in there setting up chairs, I was getting madder by the minute because I'm in there setting up chairs and I'm thinking, where are the stinking deacons? Why aren't they in here? Why am I the one setting up chairs? Where are all these people that are supposed to be helping? And the, the, the longer it went, the madder I got. I was supposed to be exercising my gift of service, but what I wasn't doing was doing it with love. That's a wrong use of a spiritual gift. When we use our gift, we have to be motivated from a position of love because we are demonstrating God's presence in our life. And how on earth can we demonstrate God's presence if it's not bathed in love? Because God is love. Every gift has to be born of love. God wants that. God expects that. So what have you been given by God? If you are a born again Christian, you have a spiritual gift. 
And I hope that today, if you don't already know what your spiritual gifting is, you will participate uh, so that, that maybe you can get a better idea and that you can get a, an idea of how to use your gift for the betterment of the body of Christ. We need you. And, and God wants you to be doing this. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the fact that you love us. You love us so much that you gave us a piece of who you are in the gift that you gave us. And that you didn't give it to us just for our own use. You gave it to us for your glory, for your edification, and for the strengthening of your body. Now, Father, I, my prayer today is that you would just help each and every one of us to honor you by being obedient to you, by seeking to serve you through, through serving the, the, your body. God, help us. Help us to set aside our pre- preconceived notions, maybe fears, you know, maybe whatever it is that, that Satan would use to try to hinder us and instead help us, Father, to just be faithful to you. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.